Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, hey, I'm here. I'm here. I've actually got my eyes on Novak Djokovic. Down under at the Australian Open, battling the last American still standing in the men's draw. And that is one Taylor Fritz. And right now they're in the first set tiebreak. So they battle to a draw, essentially, in the first set to this point. Each one winning six games, which is a big deal against Novak. Because he's so good serving, but he's also so good at return of serve. And so Taylor Fritz is holding his own at least initially, though. And I won't do play-by-play, but he just had a major unforced error to open up the tiebreak here in the first set. So they are early on in this match. And if this is any indication, it could be a marathon. So we'll keep you company and we'll keep it up here in studio and offer updates for you if you're big into tennis. Sorry, I had to put the mic cover on my mic. (laughs) If you're not big into tennis, well, you might have to deal with updates anyway. Maybe you're into history. And maybe you're just into the athletes sporting red, white, and blue from down under. So there's a lot of reasons that you could care. I hope that you do. And as I say, we've watching it. We're watching it here in studio. It's always cool to have international sporting events taking place live while we were on the air. It happens frequently with the Olympics, certainly happens with golf and tennis events that are overseas, the majors, even the ones that take place in Paris. So speaking of the French Open or the British Open that takes place uh, in the UK. So it's a lot of fun to, to watch this unfold. And as I say, won't do play by play. Uh, But you may know by my excitement level. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I hope that you survived your Monday. And not just survived, but kicked your Monday in the rear end. I don't know that I can say that. The jury's still out on this Monday. We'll see how the start of the show goes. It was, I'll just be honest, it was nice. It was refreshing to not have to be stuck to the TV for two NFL playoff games starting at 4.30 in the afternoon on a Monday. Uh, Feeling like it just got through a weekend in which it did a lot of work. For a good cause, of course. It's great for business. uh, But it was nice to not have my Monday be commandeered by the NFL. As I tell people, this time of the year, and really for six months, the NFL runs my life. But becomes a little bit more exhaustive 
starting Christmas weekend, really, all the way through what is championship weekend coming up. Uh, But there are no more games on Mondays. There are no more games on Saturdays. We're down to just three games. Here we are, and there's a lot still that we can talk about coming out of divisional weekend. Josh Allen is still talking. We have one more coaching job that's been filled, but still several more openings, including two of them in the NFC South. Not to mention questions about the Buccaneers after they fall to the Lions. They've got some key free agents to be, including Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. So we're going to talk to Greg Alman, who's in Tampa, covers the entire division As much as that division is the butt of many jokes, it's actually seen some progress. And certainly there are plenty of dramatic storylines, right? So it's worth paying attention to. It's a positive, hopeful eulogy for the 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then many questions, about as many questions, maybe even more questions than the Atlanta Falcons have head coaching candidates. Plus, what the heck? Should they do in Carolina or what the heck is happening in Carolina? And the Saints, what's the biggest question for them? They also finished above 500 this season. Lot to do. That's about 55 minutes from now as we head to Tampa. You can vote for Monday MVP. That poll is still live for the next two hours. Whether it's Lamar Jackson or Isaiah Pacheco from the AFC, Christian McCaffrey, Jared Goff in the NFC, those are your final four teams, your last four teams standing. You can vote for the Monday MVP and we'll reveal later in the show. We'll also have your candidates for TD of the week. Phone numbers 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. My laptop just indicated to me that My internet connection has been restored. I didn't know it was unrestored, but thank goodness uh, it's no longer unrequited love with my internet connection, and now we do have a love match. Speaking of love, for a minute there, Novak Djokovic was beating Taylor Fritz 5-love in the tie break. Uh, Now he's trying to serve it out. Again, seven points is the winner in the tie break, and... It looks like Novak is going to walk away with his first set, but you got to win three on the men's side. You got to fight (laughs) for your right to party. (laughs) He's a goofy cat when he's not locked in for tennis and for big matches and so much history every time he steps on the court now, especially with no more competition, shall we say, from Roger Federer, Novak, or um, Rafael Nadal, those two having to exit because of injuries that keep them from really competing. This is now Novak stage. And if you come for the king, you best not miss. Uh, He will make you pay. He's become much more of a crowd favorite with everything he went through around COVID. Remember, it was just two years ago when they wouldn't let him into Australia and kept him essentially under house arrest because he wasn't vaccinated. 
Uh, even though he already had COVID and had doctors, blah, 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 and orders and notices and everything else. Uh, so now he relishes the chance to be there in Australia and to not just succeed, but excel. And so he's come through a lot. I believe he's now much more of a fan favorite again. Without Roger and Rafa, the stage is so different in men's tennis. A lot of challenges, only one king. How many of those challenges fall short? Well, most of them, but every now and then in this individual sport, even the king has an off day. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. The king, so to speak, in the NBA these days is one Joel Embiid as the reigning MVP. A guy who you want to talk about having gone through a lot of adversity in his career. And it's not injuries that I'm referring to solely, though those have also taken a toll. You can't be seven foot something something and not have to deal with injuries. It's just a, it's part of the package. It comes with the territory. <laughs> so for Joel, last year was a great success. But they end up getting ousted again. In the second round of the playoffs, the drama with James Harden results in Hardy getting traded. And he gets a new head coach. There's maybe one constant in Philadelphia since he got there, and that's really Joel. Everything else around him has changed. Now, I'm not saying it's going to end the same way, so please don't misunderstand me. But it reminds me a lot of, and not nearly as good a team, but reminds me a lot of Carmelo Anthony's tenure in New York. Now, he was a big reason why there was constant change. But everything changed around him. Front office, coaches, roster. It was a revolving door. And yet somehow he got blamed for all the losing and for falling short of expectations and ultimately just wanted to get the heck out of New York. Well, in the case of Joel, I don't think he's going anywhere. He's the one piece that the Sixers have not gotten wrong. Everything else, though, it's been trial by fire. It's been trial and error. And yet Joel is one of those players who can win a game almost single-handedly. It is still a team sport. But basketball, the nature of basketball, lends itself to one guy taking over. So it's kind of interesting. We have two examples on Monday night of incredible individual scoring performances. One team wins, one team loses. One team is able to capitalize, the other wastes that great performance. Now, one team is in first place, the other not so much, but it's really interesting to hold them up together and compare. So we'll start with Joel Embiid, who has a career night in Philadelphia. Joel against McDermott and Osmond, a double along the right side, gets around him, met by Collins, drops it, lays it off the glass, backwards and in. He had his back to the goal, and three Spurs were around him. And it didn't matter. He's got 24 points. Spurs had the hot early start. Now they're 
in jeopardy of falling down by 16. And B with another layup, up and good. On the move, the catch down low. Timeout San Antonio. Now Joel double left to the key. Three to shoot. Three-point shot by Embiid. Got it. It's good. 59 points for Embiid. Here comes Maxi to Joel. Joel, top of the key. Another jumper straight away and in. And the crowd just basking, loving this performance by Embiid. 65, one of the greatest scoring performances in the history of this iconic Philadelphia 76ers franchise. Joel Embiid, come on down. You have earned your sp- your place, your spot in history. And this time, it's not just Sixers history. It's also NBA history. That's Tom McGinnis on the 76ers Radio Network. Embiid and David Robinson with games like that. Embiid with the ball after a steal. Joel drives it down the lane. Left-hand layup. It's up and good. 70 points for Embiid. 133 to 118. Court length drive, left-hand layup, a 70-point game for the Sixers star, Joel Embiid. And Joel is going to come out. Paul Reed comes into the game. Sixers leading by 15, and Joel Embiid leads tonight's game as he motions to the crowd. 70 points. And they're calling it a franchise record. As Embiid embracing his teammates and the assistant coaches, 70 points. Feels good. I mean, uh, credit to all these guys. Um, extremely unselfish people. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, like I said, unselfish teammates. And, you know, they just got me the ball. And, you know, I was hot. And uh, they made sure that they put me in the best position. You know, credit to the coaching staff, too. So, you know, I'm just around amazing people. Joel Embiid sets the new franchise record 70 points and also a season-high 18 rebounds. So he was doing work. No one has ever scored more points in a Philadelphia uniform. And with 157 left, so just inside of two minutes, he tied Wilt Chamberlain, who'd had 68, and then was able to go coast-to-coast for a layup to get to 70, as you hear on the call. That was the end of his night. Ninth game in NBA history with 70 points. And this is crazy. It actually came on the anniversary of Kobe Bryant scoring 81 from the category of you can't make this stuff up. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. The crowd serenading him, Joel speaking to NBA TV once he'd finished off this 70-pointer. 24 of 41 from the field, so he took 41 shots. His teammates kept feeding him. He's nearly perfect at the free throw line, making 21 of 23. And I do like the fact that he got upset at the crowd for booing a teammate who took an open three late in the game. I understand the crowd wanted to see history. I get that. But you also don't want to be in a situation where the defense only has to guard you because you're the only one taking shots. And wait, we'll talk about Minnesota and Carl Anthony Towns. So he's making free throws. He's running the court. 
He's taking the passes from his teammates and making layups, shooting from all over the court, and also part of the defense. What a moment for Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP, though, of course, he has other goals, wants to win a title desperately, wants to have some stability in Philadelphia where they can actually compete with the best of the East. Milwaukee, Boston. And along the way, not feel like he has to do everything all himself. Now, every guy in the NBA, most guys in the NBA are capable of getting hot like this and rattling off a bunch of points. Victor Wembanyama had 33. It's funny how that seems so paltry compared to Joel Embiid. Well, maybe he gets compared to Joel. Tonight, Joel gets compared to Wilt. Well, you know, accomplish um, a lot of things, you know, as far as, you know, everything. I mean, the history of this league and basketball in general. So uh, to be in the, you know, same conversation, I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty, it's pretty cool, um, you know. And then they gave me a start that was actually a surprise that he, he never, that he's never done. So, um, but no, it was just a great night. The time that it kind of hit me, I thought was the start of the third that he, I think he had a a bucket and an and one like in the first minute. And I was like, wait a minute, he's already got like 30, whatever, a seven, eight, something like that. And I was like, geez, that's a lot with a whole <laughs> half to go. Yeah, he already had, what was it, 59 after three quarters? And as I say, there was some thought that he might get pulled and not play in the fourth quarter, except the San Antonio fought back in and was able to keep it relatively close, thanks to Wemby. Wemby got a front row seat. Does he learn anything from seeing the reigning MVP and others at his position perform the way Joel did? Yeah, of course, you know, about the greats and one of the great players, but also about ourselves. I'm impressed with him. I like to hear from him. I know that it's not been the rookie season that many thought it would be just in terms of the Spurs and their ability to compete, which is why they had the overall number one pick. Uh, right now they're 8 and 35, which is tough. But this one, spotlight shining on Joel Embiid. In terms of the standings, uh, way too early to be looking at the standings in late January, but they're just about where they were a year ago. Third place, battling with the Bucks and a, a few games behind the Celtics. It's not all of the same teams, but it's a lot of the same teams at the top of the East, at least at this point. Now, Carl Anthony Towns, his night was also a head turner, and yet so, so different than Joel. We'll explain. Yeah, 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 coming up. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, I'd love to hear from you. Vote for Monday MVP. Also coming up, we'll have your candidates for TD of the week, the latest from Josh Allen after a painful exit in the postseason. And also, did you hear what stunt the Bills allegedly pulled after the win by the Chiefs? I can't imagine they would stoop that low.
It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. (laughs) Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (laughs) <laughs> you are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Sixty-one fifty-three. still 235 left to go in a half. Looking left, here's Cat, turns, fires, deep three on the way, he got it again! It's a 30-footer for Cat! He has 41 here in the first half, a new career high. 45 seconds left to go in the third. J-Mac off the town screen, back to Carl. Catch and shoot, angle three on the way. He got it! His 10-3 of the game. He's got 58 points. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You would think... When you've got your all-star, your top player on a heater, so to speak, locked in through three quarters already working on a new career high that you'd be happy. But Chris Finch of the Minnesota Timberwolves, the head coach of the top team in the West, not so much. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. My Syracuse classmate, Alan Horton on Timberwolves Radio. So he goes 10 of 15 from downtown. So a lot of threes there for Carl Anthony Towns. And he continues working because, you know, 60, maybe more, maybe even 70 within reach. Weak side rebound to Kyle Anderson. Towns rumbles down the lane to the cup. He got an easy bucket there. It's been a struggle here in the fourth as he had missed five of six shots. But now he's hit, and he's up to 62. Rozier to Leaky Black to the corner. Smith open for three in the lead. Yes, sir! Hornets are on top. 120 to 119. Unbelievable. Town switches on to Terry Rozier at the high post. He rolls towards the basket, goes up, loses it. Steal! Leaky Black, who's fouled with 1.7 seconds left. The Hornets steal it. From a Superman effort tonight from Carl Anthony Towns. Kyle Anderson will inbound. They send it to Towns. Towns, logo three for the tie. No! 
and the Hornets have won it on the road at the Target Center. LaMelo is 5-1 against Anthony Edwards, and despite a career-high 62 from Carl Anthony Towns, it's the Queen City wearing the crown tonight. Wild finish there, and Carl Anthony Towns part of the final few seconds. They ran an ISO opportunity for him, meaning the ball was always going to Carl Anthony Towns or Cat. So they go isolation for Cat with 12 seconds to go, but his layup was blocked by Leaky Black, a memorable, notable, unforgettable name of an athlete. Leaky Black. It's my new favorite. Leaky hit a pair of free throws at the other end, And then there's a last-ditch, unsuccessful three that falls short. And so Cat's 62 points, a new career high for him, were wasted. Now, they're still the best team in the West with a record of 30 and 13. But, man, it's not like you come on 62 every day. Here's what happened, though. Why head coach Chris Finch is disgusted. That's the word he used. Cat goes two for 10 in the fourth quarter. Only has four points. And from double figures down, the Hornets roar back and steal this victory. Now they had some other guys who weren't ever going to get to 62, but the difference with the Hornets is they weren't reliant simply on Cat. They weren't reliant simply on one player, LaMelo and Brandon Miller and others. So frustrating for Chris Finch in large part because he felt like his team was standing around just watching the show instead of taking better quality shots, instead of moving the ball around, but also allowing the Hornets, of all teams, to shoot 58% from the floor. In in essence, there wasn't a whole lot of defense. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It had been there from the jump. So this is what happens when you uh, have this type of approach. He felt like... They focused on what wasn't real important and instead got caught up in being spectators, so to speak, for Cat's big night. And the difference between him and Joel Embiid is that the Sixers were still working the ball around. And yeah, Joel put on a show, but the team was still playing defense. They were still working on both ends of the court. And Chris didn't feel like that was the case with his guys. They just kind of got lost in, eh, we'll let Cat do it. Obviously, we're going to try to feed a hot hand, look for a hot hand. But at some point, we got to get back to making the right play. We got to get back to doing the right things. Like I said, there's a lot of ways to be immature. There's always a lot of ways to be immature. Um, and there was a lot of immature performances here throughout the the roster. We totally disrespected a, the game ourselves. Um, and we got exactly what we deserve, so... Chris, did, did you also see, I mean, did it turn into Carl trying to hunt like a, Absolutely. a, a big number? And- yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, but for a while, I mean, it was going. 
Um, but you know, down the stretch, we you got uh, you know kind of dried up for us. Just doing my job, but I really just wanted to win. I feel like I feel it hurts. You know, you want you want to be able to have one of those nights on a win. You know, having a night like that on a loss doesn't feel very uh, good, historic, whatever you want to say. It doesn't make me feel happy about the night we had. So Carl Anthony Towns, even though they're in first place, doing my job, but definitely doesn't feel the same when we don't win. Uh, Finch, a little more pointed in his comments, disgusting display of basketball, immature display of basketball. We got what was coming to us because we paid no attention to the defensive end of the court. All right. Do not mince words. Of course, I would say as the team that's first place in the West, a team that has great potential, hasn't yet capitalized on it really in its franchise history, but certainly in this latest iteration of the Wolves, you got to raise the bar and have higher expectations. This whole individual performance and individual highs and franchise records is for the birds. If you want to be a winning team, it may come naturally, but you're not supposed to be hunting, so to speak. And Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota was outscored 18 points in the fourth quarter. So the Hornets, speaking of hunting, they were coming after them. All right, keeping our eyes on tennis. So here's where we stand in the second set. Novak Djokovic has already lost uh, his serve, meaning he's already been broken once. Um, that actually didn't happen in the first set. The two guys were on serve all the way through. Each won six games. If you don't know tennis, um, you play to 6-6 six, six tie, and then you go to a tie break. That's how the set ends up. And Novak ran away with the first set in the tie break. But Taylor Fritz has already earned a break in the second set, and he's up two games to one in the second set. Last American on the men's side. Coco Goff, though, had uh, an incredible rally herself. She was on the verge of losing the first set in her quarterfinal match and instead came all the way back, saved a couple of set points, was able to win, I believe, in a tiebreak in the first set herself and then had to go to the distance in a three-setter. Uh, and so for her, this was pretty incredible display of tenacity and a refuse to, to lose and back against the wall and fighting, scratching, clawing and all those great sports cliches. So we'll hear from her coming up and keep an eye on Novak Djokovic, who is the defending champ. Um, gosh, what is he looking for? His 11th Australian Open title? I think he's looking for number 11, which is obscene and yet... He's not done. I wouldn't say he's necessarily in the prime of his career right now, maybe a little past that, but I would say that he takes incredible care of his physical body. Uh, he's managed to to get through his tennis career without a ton of major injuries, without a lot of missed time. Maybe, actually, the time off or the time in which he wasn't allowed to play because of his vaccination status in 20 and 21, uh, for that reason, maybe his body got a break from all the pounding and he's actually in better shape now. Uh, and and without Roger and Rafa, there are so many opportunities for him to add to his haul. Uh, he's already got more Grand Slam singles titles than any other man in tennis history and is closing in on the all-time record as well. So I think it's this will be his 11th Australian Open win, I believe. But don't quote me on that. Or quote me if you want, and then tell me I'm wrong. Okay, on Twitter, A-Law Radio. On our Facebook page, too, top of the hour, we're going to dive into the NFC South because it's 
It's got some question marks, and let's be frank, parts of it are just a flat-out mess. Uh, straight ahead, Coco Goff, and maybe a little from one Josh Allen. Just a sneak preview of Josh Allen speaking in the wake of the Bills' painful loss on Sunday to the Chiefs. Here's our latest sports update. Okay, everybody ready? <laughs> you got to fight. <laughs> you are listening. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to the After Hours Podcast. Forty-four yard attempt from the right hash. Snap by Ferguson, hold by Martin, kick by Bass is on the way. And it is no good. No good wide to the right. The kick is unsuccessful. Kansas City will next snap at the 34-yard line. First down. Big time miss by Bass. He struggled a week ago. Watching the kick on replay, it just went wide the whole way. It never came back. Hands it off, runs hard, pushes, pushes, pushes. First down at his own 45-yard line and a minute 28 to go. Gaining just enough to move the chains. And Mahomes is high-fiving everybody on the sideline. And Pacheco runs hard, Jersey tough, to get a first down. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Two very different perspectives on the final couple big plays in the Bills-Chiefs divisional game on Sunday evening in Buffalo. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Chris Brown on Bills Radio with the missed field goal from Tyler Bass. And then you get Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio with Isaiah picking up that last first down they needed to be able to kneel out the clock. So a couple of things that have come to light since then. And I wish I could say I was surprised by the first, but I'm actually not. Now, I will say this came via social media, okay? So I always try to take everything with a grain of salt just to be sure. There is an account on Twitter. It's verified, which these days doesn't mean a whole lot. His name is Adam. He's a film coordinator for a particular media outlet. And he has a focus on Buffalo sports. So he works in the industry. I'm not going to identify his Twitter handle. If you want to go to my Twitter, in fact, I will retweet it now so that you can see it yourself if you want to. But what Adam said on Monday is that Tyler Bass 
had to deactivate his Instagram account. Again, doesn't surprise me. I wish it did. So according to Adam, again, retweeting A-Law Radio, Tyler Bass had to deactivate Instagram. Anyone know what charity is important to him? Adam continues, would be a good time to send him the right message from the fan base instead of the wrong one. Hashtag Bill's Mafia. So I quote tweeted it just so that it wasn't me passing this along and people could read it for themselves. And just reminded people that Josh Allen refused to blame Tyler Bass and wanted the team, the locker room, to rally around the kicker instead. And the fans can too. And I really love this idea. Again, this man who works in the industry, who knows Buffalo sports well, and it's had 3 million views now. So it has gone around. It is always extraordinary to me, and and again, not a surprise, but just it still blows me away that people would send death threats or would take to social media as keyboard warriors and rip a guy or threaten a guy or say all manner of nasty things about him because he messed up at his job, right? Essentially, he messed up at his job. Now, I know gambling changes a lot. I'm not sure if you guys saw the crying, and I mean sobbing Buffalo fan at the end of the game on CBS. There was a man dressed in all Buffalo gear. He was sitting on the railing or just off the field, first row just off the field, above one of the benches. I'm not sure which one. And he was, I mean, sobbing his eyes out. Now, I'm sitting there with my husband, and I'm saying, you're a guy. I don't get it. Like, I understand being upset. I understand maybe shedding a few tears. I understand just, like, the angst over the loss. But he was sobbing like he was a five-year-old. And Bob says to me, wonder if he had money riding on it. Wonder if he just lost his shirt. Now, I don't think that way because I'm not a huge gambler. I play fantasy football, but that's pretty much it. In the past, I've played other fantasy leagues. I don't have the time to keep up with them. I don't really enjoy them. I do love fantasy football, and and so I play. But that's pretty much it. People have asked me, will I be gambling when I go to Vegas? No. I don't have that kind of money, number one. Number two, I'm not a good loser. I stink at losing. So when I lose, I also cry. I don't like losing. So no, I'm going there for work. I'm not going there to gamble. And I need that money. I'm not not willing to risk it. But these days with people who do put a lot of money on games, there's always the chance that they've lost their shirts when a game doesn't go their way. But regardless of that, Tyler Bass did not cost the Bills this game. They went, first of all, it would have tied the game, not won the game. And second of all, they had many opportunities that they squandered in the fourth quarter. They went scoreless in the fourth quarter. It's just as myopic and ludicrous to blame Tyler Bass as it is to blame any other one person on the Bills roster or the coach. It's dumb. Do you know how many people are involved in these football games? Whose call was it to go for the fourth and three? The failed fake punt. Well, Sean McDermott said it was his. Did Sean McDermott throw the ball at the feet of his receiver in the end zone on that last drive? No. I'm sure he didn't tell Josh Allen to do it either. Did Sean McDermott tell Stephon Diggs to drop a ball that hit him in the hands? 
What about, shoot, who was the other receiver? Uh, there was another one, a, a little used wide receiver who was in when Shakir was off the field getting checked out, and he dropped a ball that hit him in the hand. Is it Tyler Bass's fault that the Bills were down to their fourth string of linebackers? I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons why the Bills lost this game. Not all offensive and not all defensive and certainly not all Tyler Bass. And yet, for some reason, this is how we operate as fans very often. We are irrational, we're illogical, illogical, and we put it all at the feet of one guy, oh, and and his feet. So anyway, I don't know what his charity is. I, I can't confirm this, but I did hear from a friend of mine in the business who said that his charity is the 10 Lives Club, that it's actually a cat adoption. Um, again, I don't know that for sure. I probably could do some Googling. But either way, lots of people have soft hearts for animals, for pets, so I wouldn't be surprised. So I'll try to confirm that. But I just thought, wow, I should have known. It still blows me away, but I should have known. Thankfully, Josh is not blaming Tyler Bass. I don't know if he sticks around. I know that before that missed kick last night, he was 9 for 9 in game-tying or go-ahead field goals within the last two minutes of regulation or overtime. That's a pretty darn good record. It's a tough time to lose one. But did Tyler Bass play defense and let Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs score the way that they did? Let Travis Kelsey get all alone in the end zone? I mean, how the hell does Travis Kelsey get so far behind the defense? That he's all alone in the end zone. There's not a guy within 10 yards of him. Is that also on Tyler Bass? I mean, come on. It's it's ridiculous to blame one guy for this. So that's one thing. And I really do hope it stops or there's pressure put on people who are doing this. Second is, according to the Chiefs, now this is a little bit lighter. According to the Chiefs, the Bills or maybe someone associated with the stadium, there's obviously no way to pinpoint. The hot water was turned off in their locker room after the Chiefs won. No hot water for you because we are sore losers. (laughs) That cracks me up. Now, in terms of gamesmanship, it seems pretty mild, right? But the funny part is I remember hearing stories of, uh, gosh, old Boston Garden, for those of you who are familiar, days when I was cutting my teeth in the NBA, late 80s, early 90s, where... When it came to winter games, the Celtics would turn the heat off in the other locker room and the visitors would be frozen solid in Boston. So yeah, the Chiefs' Donovan Smith tweeted that the Bills turned off the hot water in their locker room following that divisional win. He put it, he put it out there like this, damn, caught a L and they shut our hot water off. <laughs> SMH, it's all good. We got that dub today. Hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. Now that cracks me up. I'm not sure what good it does you after the game. <laughs> the Bills have declined that this happened. They, they've 
Denied it. Uh, Erie County Press Secretary Peter Anderson said there is no way to turn hot water off on one side or or not the other. There are two huge hot water tanks which feed both home and away locker rooms. <laughs> All right. So they ran out of hot water. I don't know. Have the Bills tweeted anything about not having hot water? Or maybe in their locker room, they didn't even know. I think they were comfortable. <laughs> they were fine. Anyway, maybe it was Donovan who was under a, a spigot that didn't have hot water. <laughs> that cracks me up. I I want it to be true just because it's so petty. Oh, my God. Can you imagine <laughs> during a game like that, especially how cold it was? All you could imagine is, oh, yes. I can't wait for this hot shower, right. take my pads off, and I, it's cold. I wish I had seen this before. I would have asked Josh Klingler because I'm sure he was in the locker room uh, with the Bills, or Chiefs, excuse me, after the game. So I would have asked him, but I, I didn't know this at the time. Anyway, that cracks me up. I mean, it's all-time petty, and yet it's fantastic. I'm not above a little gamesmanship or, if you will, pranks or, you know, just be a sore loser. It's totally okay. All right. Coming up, Greg Alman answers our questions about the Bucks and the NFC South. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.